You ain't got the answer, Sway. 2 Corinthians 3.17. That's the whole ballgame. In the name of Jesus, you be made whole by the power of God. Some of these church members I have. With 15 cents. Yo, yo, yo. Back with episode two of The Basement Full of Heretics. Five months later. Five months later. Don't call it a comeback, but it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so here with Basement Full of Heretics, uh, Moses and... I'm the old Well, yeah, just put out your sin number two. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, if uh, if you're listening on the on the on Apple, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you podcast, yeah, maybe, you're just gonna see. Um, maybe maybe you're one of my students. Uh, you're gonna show us to? I don't know. I don't know. Not, not necessarily. No. <laughs> but like, people stumble across stuff all the time. Yeah, I guess people just like googling your name. Um, but uh, what is it? Yeah, so if uh, if you're listening to this, you might see it looks like it's um, it's only been uh, you just see one episode after the other, but it's been five months since our last one. Um, so you know, power to consistency. Yeah. Um, hey man, I think at least we warned people at the start. We told them that this ain't gonna be like like we're gonna try our best to be like on a weekly basis, but like we said at the start, like yo, we're gonna be there's gonna be some growing pains and we've had some growing pains. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> uh, in, in a way, I. I'd like to think of us, we're like the anti-podcast. Um, we are the rebellion. Um, no, but where are other podcasts, they take a break for Christmas break. They uh, stay with their families. They don't come into the studio to record. They don't grind, um, man. Yeah, yeah, that's it. They don't grind. Um, we don't even have a studio, man. We're just doing this in Emil's room. But yeah, um, obviously Emil is in different town than I do. So mm-hmm. Christmas is, you know, it's a time where we have to meet up. We can talk, we can record. Mm-hmm. This is the best time to record. Um, and so you're welcome if you're... Uh, if you're starting to get the itch from uh, not getting your daily fix of podcasts, um, we're here for you. We are the Nalexone to your <laughs> podcast addiction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, having said that, um, obviously, I, you should probably listen to episode one just to get a really good rundown of how the Basement Full of Heretics goes with just a quick little, quick little summary. Um, every week, we're just going to catch up um, at the beginning, see what's up. Um, and then we're going to hop into current events. Um, and then from then on, we are going to go into the Heretics Corner, which is where we just talk about an issue related to faith. Um, this is the basement full of heretics. So obviously, every week we want to talk about something uh, from faith, um, you know, maybe be a little bit edgy. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. You know, some weeks take it easy. You can't go like you can't go hard every day. Yeah. Uh, Western so before we recap on our lives, I just want to just throw this out there. Uh, the what the date is uh, December twenty fourth, uh, twenty nineteen, and have you heard on the news where North Korea promised Trump a special Christmas gift? I've I saw like um, the occasional t- tweet about it. That is that that is really weird as heck. Yeah, I don't know. I, well, what what are they really gonna do? Donald Trump's like, well, maybe 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 it'll be a nice boss. Hopefully not a missile test. <laughs> Maybe a nice thought. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Like, I realize North Korea is a brutal military dictatorship. I just don't take them that seriously. It's different. I, I realize it's different yeah, when you live that far away from them. Yeah, people don't take many dictators seriously at the start. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Maybe this is this clip isn't going to age well when I'm in a Pyongyang, Pyongyang <laughs> work camp. 
making <laughs> making Christmas cards. Oh man, don't give it away! Don't give it away. Um, that's one of the current events. <laughs> anyway, so that uh, yeah, you're just gonna a quick rundown. What have you been doing the last five months? Keep it uh, short and sweet. Yeah. So my our brother got married. Did that all summer. Yeah. Super busy, stressful. In the summer. Uh, it's, it's nice. Like you know what's supposed to be crazy? The fact is. We, we dedicated so much time into that thing. And literally, after he got married, we stopped seeing him. Yeah. <laughs> he lives literally five minutes from us. Yeah, yeah. Like, he literally, like, we, we dedicated well, for so me. much. Just, just vanished. Yeah, just, just disappear. But it doesn't be like that. You know, people get married and they move on from everyone, apparently. <laughs> Which is wild because I'm like, I'm like, his wife, like, moved here. And she might see her family almost as much as he gets That's cool. I, I don't know if it's that bad. <laughs> She probably FaceTime. She probably sees their faces more. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You don't even respond to a text, man. Um. <laughs> you, you busy? Yeah. Can I come to your house? No. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's clearly hurt her meal a lot. Um, it's got a little soft spot. Yeah, actually, actually, yeah, for real. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I've just been doing that. Got, and then just been teaching. Finished one semester. Started a new one. Kids are awesome. Really into the topics. So that's kind of, that's always good. Makes my life. Topics. Uh, yeah, it makes the drudgery. Well, no, no, I don't have like that. It makes uh, makes the makes Freudian the, slip. Makes the day by day grind more. The hell that is my life. <laughs> I've not, yeah, man. I just been, I live my best life working out. I enjoy the vegan life and uh, making the vegan. vegan if you didn't know that, yeah, yeah. vegan. If you didn't know that, it's it's a little bit. I feel like disingenuous because you were big before. <laughs> You became vegan. Yeah, but you know what? You I'm haven't shrunk at all, which I know a lot of people do when they become vegan. So. Really? Yeah. Well, most of the people I know, like, like I'm not going to name names, but we, I know some people who, like, they used to be kind of big. Like, but, I don't mean, like, like you know, they, chubby, but, but I mean, like, muscular. But they just stopped working out? Maybe. Maybe that's, I think, yeah. That, that, that probably happens a lot, too. But, um, yeah, I, I guess, oh, yeah, maybe you're doing it right. Um, but, yeah, me, in the last five months, uh... Don't want to bore you guys too much. I want to hop into current events, but I don't know. I have a student. I was a student five months ago. I still am. Um, hopefully, five months from now, I won't be, you know, um, doing big things. Um, yeah, I wrote, uh, wrote the LSAT, which was a fun time. wrote it twice. Um, that's how long we've been gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that, that was all right. Uh, and, you know, just, just, just bobbing and weaving, trying to, trying to keep things interesting. But, um, but yeah. So, uh, just, just to remind you, the general rundown, just, uh, introduction, current events, then we hop into the Heritage Corner. Whoa, look at that. It's time for current events. We're going to start with a young girl in... London, six-year-old girl. Let's see if I find what her name is in the article. This is from the BBC. Um, Florence Whittacombe. Um, she was writing Christmas cards for her school friends. And when she got to about the sixth or seventh card, it was uh, a kitten with a Santa hat on it. Oh, just adorable. And she opens up the card that she bought from Tesco. And what does she see? Um, in big block letters, have been, was a message was written, We are foreign prisoners in Shanghai, Qingpu, prison, China. Forced to work against our will. Please help us and notify human rights organization. And then later on, the message tells him to contact uh, Peter Humphrey, um, who's a British journalist who was imprisoned at that same prison four years ago. But I want to know why. I want to know why he was in prison. 
Um, he says, I don't know, uh, Peter Humphrey says it was just bogus charges that they came up with. He doesn't really go into detail of what they were. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, talking to Peter Humphrey, he says that, um, you know, it's a very bleak existence at this prison in, uh, in Shanghai Qingpu Prison. Um, it houses about 240 prisoners with about 12 prisoners per cell. He says when he was there, manufacturing labor, manufacturing labor, labor was voluntary. Um, he could use it to um, earn money buy soap or toothpaste but now that work has become compulsory mm. um yeah so this is obviously you know not not the typical thing you'd want your six-year-old to find um in a christmas card and it drew some to globalization at its at its darkest the younger, the young, the younger <laughs> just let are. them see the worst of it and then it only gets better from there yeah, man. <laughs> like seriously which which something cs lewis talked about which we're going to talk about later mm-hmm. not 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 making cards but Slavery. <laughs> sort of. Good. <laughs> what did he say? Uh, no, he just said, like, he said, he said, if, if you walk into life thinking that life is basically, like, he says, he says, if you, he says, the pe- if the pessimist believes that life is basically hell, and if you believe that life is hell, then any good thing that you meet, you'll be like, wow, this ain't, this ain't so bad. But if you expect life to be really, really good, you're going to be disappointed because you'll be constantly reminded of how bad it actually is so your big takeaway from this is um this was a good learning experience for <laughs> young florence no and I, you no, hope she's no, better no, no, for no. it my, my biggest takeaway is, is bad but like i'm I, i've always said i've always said a number of things you get from this is that first of all like when it comes to us competing against china when it comes to manufacturing we'll never win because yeah, i don't because know if you even want to win no we'll like, never win because the thing is, is how, how do you win against a country that has over 1 billion people and has basically little to no regulation when it comes to work conditions. Yeah, but I don't know if you even want to necessarily win against that country. Someone wants to. Yeah, yeah, maybe we shouldn't let that person make the decision. No, a lot of people want yeah, to. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't let those people um, <laughs> run the country. Well, one of those people is the president of the United States. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, obviously he wants to win against China, but I don't know if he wants to... Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if Trump... <laughs> Enlisted prison labor at this point. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, my big takeaway from the story is, uh, obviously, like, it's Christmas season. You know, everyone's buying things as we uh, prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Um, homeless Palestinian Israeli man. I don't know. Who uh, likely could have been slave labor. Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> um, he lived in ああ、本当に、あ、え、だから、イスラエルズ、イスラエルズ、イスラエルズ、イスラエルズ、イスラエルズ、イスラエルズ、イスラエルズ、イスラエルズ、イスラエルズ、イスラエルズ、イスラエ
It's actually Jeez, better. I've heard this. <laughs> Okay. You heard this, you heard this all right, this is how. All right, okay. You, you heard this decision. Right? This is the take you're gonna go. Okay, all right. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no. But you, you heard the example, right? Yeah, yeah. So the idea that even if LeBron James is really good at cutting grass, he he would rather pay you to cut his grass for him because it will actually it will actually it will actually save him money because in the time it takes to cut grass, he can be ma- doing things that make more money. And so, like literally, man, think about it. When you go to the grocery store, like you go to the store and you buy like a Joe Fresh T-shirt. Made in like Bangladesh. Made in Bangladesh. That you can make a better quality shirt in Canada with Canadian labor, but it's much cheaper. So Bangladesh has a comparative advantage. Over but it would be better for you. Better for who? Because, well, okay, but what's the playing basketball in this scenario? What's the thing that the the, the person's doing as opposed to uh, you know uh, d- humane well, working conditions? Direct, direct, directing more of their more of their domestic stuff towards marketing and I advertising. I, f- I feel as though I, I I understand I understand where it comes from, but sometimes I feel as though it's a little reductive to limit it just simply to, to the economic issue. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, um, I'm not saying it, but I'm saying that for many people that that is that is there's that, there's that, companies that the out there thing. there's companies out there that turn a profit and still treat people like who? I don't know New Balance. Yeah. How do you know that, man? Well, it's, I don't know. No one's busted them for having sweatshops yet, so innocent until proven guilty. If people don't say. Um, what did New Balance stuff even made? It's made in the states. It's not mad. Yeah, it is. No. I've, I've, you've, at least you've, for the long, long part, it's made in you, Massachusetts. You've had you've had a New Balance shoe recently. You don't even need to have a shoe. For no, 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 no. You, you've you've seen a New Balance shoe recently and seen where it's made. Recently. I, I just know I, I remember watching a documentary about it. No, I remember that too. Yeah, <laughs> that was like ten years ago. I don't know, but I I don't imagine. I don't I don't maybe things have changed. I don't know, but. All I know is 10 years ago, Nike was out here <laughs> enslaving children, so... <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyway... Nike doesn't use slave labor. On the... Well, bro, dude, what is wrong with you, man? <laughs> Why do these people don't need you to defend them? <laughs> um, no, anyway, no. so... Stay on the topic of uh, prison labor. Um, seems to be a favorite of meals, but uh, this story actually interested me. Um, Michael Bloomberg... Um, you may know him as former president, I mean, former mayor of New York City, <laughs> um, billionaire CEO of the Bloomberg Corporation, and also he's a late entry into the 2020 Democratic uh, presidential uh, race. Um, so recently, um, so Michael Bloomberg's attracted a lot of attention because of how much money he spent. He's a net worth of $54 billion, and I think since November, he spent uh, $76 million on TV ads, um, which is over five times more than the rest of the field combined. Which is, um, which is almost one fifty fourth of his net worth. Yo, quick with the maths, quick maths. Um, but <laughs> I is guess that right? I don't know. Um, I'm assuming you did the division. I actually know that's wrong. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Michael Bloomberg is obviously making a big publicity push, um, and so his uh, his campaign enlisted um, Procom, which is a third party call center company which runs call centers in New Jersey and Oklahoma. It turns out two of their call centers in Oklahoma are actually operated out of state prisons. So this, <laughs> this story was uh, broke by The Intercept, and obviously it's not a good look when you're trying to run for the Democratic presidential nomination, and you are um, enlisting the work of state prisoners. Um, apparently, according to the Department of Corrections website, um, the maximum monthly wage for the incarcerated is $20 a month. Um, it can be as, also as high as $27 a month. I wonder what they um, do with that money. Apparently, they pay it to the prison, and then I guess they give it to the prisoners. I don't know how much they give to them. Um, but Procom says, I can tell you unequivocally, that is not us. Some of our um, employees are making that much every day. So they obviously have tried to um, not necessarily deny it, but say that, you know, we're, we're the good, we're not the good guys, but we're, we're not as bad as, it, as this story makes us look. Um, the Bloomberg campaign has distanced themselves from... Uh, 
Procom said they weren't aware of what was going on. So, so, um, so real quick. So, what are the prisoners doing here? They're just calling. So, like, they would call. Um, let's see. So, like, so, so, so like, you get a call. Like, doing hello. Uh, would you say what? What do you? Are you just, have you heard that Michael Bloomberg is running for? Yeah. And literally, are you interested in a brighter tomorrow for all Americans? Yeah, and, 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 and literally, you're talking to a guy who's gonna who said this the next two hundred years. <laughs> yeah, just someone calling you with like three two hundred year consecutive sentences. Are you interested in a brighter future for you and your children? First of all, first of all, first of all, man, that's ballsy, man. That's ballsy to have, pri- like, like, here's the thing, like, how, guess, do you, yeah. how do you make sure, like, do you have, like, wardens, like, do you have people, do you have guns at them, like, I don't know, it's like that. No, okay, no. this thing is, okay, fun fact, I did work in a call center, um, from home, um, it was like, I worked for call center service, it was a tough time in my second year of university for a month, and the from way home? they, you did this at home? Yeah, I did it at home, it was horrible, it was, you got paid? It was so boring, yeah, I got paid the 15 bucks an hour, it was good money, um, but, uh, the way they, quality control is every they listen to random calls just to make sure that you're following the script and i know there was a point where i stopped following the script because it was just a lot of talking so i'll just shorten it and i'll just try to get to the gist of it and then like uh, like a week later i got an email from my supervisor like hey man <laughs> follow the script and i was like what they listen to me so yeah well, there's, there's, there's on ways of monitoring people. on your cell phone no i was using the home phone actually no i was using my cell phone yeah so then how did you listen to your call because like you have to call their number and then they oh, route it in okay. so then they oh. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Like, yeah, I, I didn't just let like... them bug my house so they could pay me 45 <laughs> bucks a week <laughs> um, although I might have <laughs> that's actually wild I, 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 I actually I don't remember this story yeah so um, yeah this is the reality of uh... yeah Bloomberg's interesting I don't really see him at debates or anything I think he's only pulling at 5% but he seems to be Pretty intent on he's buying a, this election. He's a kamikaze candidate. He was put in. He really, really, he's put in by Joe Biden to take him. What else that he'll pull out? Although, yeah, I guess maybe, but he, I don't know. He's it's weird. He's everywhere, but also nowhere at the same time. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, just just so next time you get a a phone call from a presidential campaign or or a prime minister, I don't know, Duquesne. Um, campaigns, they do phone calls. No, they do door-to-door stuff. Yeah, they do. Actually, one of my students, Ryan, was, uh, my ex-students, he oh, was, yeah, they do calls, he was yeah. a caller for, for, uh, for, um, the conservatives in the last election. Yeah, so maybe next time at the end of the call, just ask him, like, cough twice. Are you in prison? You in prison. <laughs> yeah. Um, you in prison, dude? Yeah, just, uh, just yes. so you know. Anyway, it's moving call on. Call human rights agents. <laughs> call human, contact Peter Humphreys. No, <laughs> 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 that's actually horrible. Um, but anyway, moving on to our next story. You got this one, Emil? Yeah, so uh, I was reading something on Medium, which is barely news. Uh, and, uh, I love Medium. And so, Second only to the notes <laughs> screenshot. And so uh, they was actually talking about this thing called cognitive incision. And so basically, it's, it's this idea that like, okay, so we've all been in the room with someone who just like hogs the conversation and just like no one can talk because this person absolutely monopolizes it. Yeah. And like they said, that actually, the study was done that around, um, they said anytime a boss enters a room, employees will actually like raise their voice to like try to like dominate each other to show the boss that I'm a go-getter. Uh-huh. And so basically cognitive That's incision. That's so slimy, man. It, 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 and so <laughs> cognitive, which is for real. Like, like yeah, it, yeah. It, it, I, it, I've probably done it. And so, <laughs> I've seen, I worked at Sobeys. And so cognitive incision is basically the idea that like, if you're in a conversation with someone who's like monopolizing the conversation, the keyword is incision. So like the, like you just like incise, like cut through their, their crap basically. Mm-hmm. So basically what you do is you ask a really really probing question that either gives them only one of three options one they ignore you totally ignore that you just said it and look like an absolute idiot to everyone else second is they they address they address your they address you and try to answer it or third 
they open the floor to other people to hear what other people say. Cognitive decision is basically like, I'm you're talking, and then and then you're like monopolizing the conversation. I'm like, hey, Stacy, um, once you said a lot, but Stacy, what do you think about it? And so basically, I put you in a position that you either become an absolute jerk and cut her off, uh-huh. or you allow someone else to talk. And so cognitive decision oh, okay. is basically when you ask probing questions that will that that, that basically cut off a person who dominates the conversation. It says what that does is actually shows their superior if they're superior in the room that you actually. I've, you just displayed a certain skill, which is the, the, the idea of taking other people's feedback and you basically cut through this one person's domineering um, a stance and just their stuff. Yo, Milan, here with the life pro tips. I feel as though maybe I misunderstood it because when you first introduced that idea, I just thought back to, you remember that interview David Stern had with that... Um, <laughs> That reporter, yeah, who is like, um, like, like 2000? Like, yeah, I, 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 I just pulled up the, yeah, the stories. Apparently, he was getting interviewed by this guy, Jim Rome, and he kept uh, probing David Stern is the old commissioner of the NBA, but he kept probing him about um, whether or not the draft lottery was fixed because a lot of people believe it is. And then, just out of nowhere, David Stern goes, uh, Hey, Jim, uh, you stopped beating your wife yet? Because <laughs> I think this reporter had been accused of beating his wife hey, before. Man, it, that's and if you watch the interview, the dude just shuts up. <laughs> yeah, because literally, literally, yeah. Well, the whole point of cognitive decision is that you literally give them only three options. They either ignore you, and like yeah. you, they look like idiots. They either have to address you straight up, or they open the floor and say, hey, what do you think about this? And like, you literally, <laughs> what do you think about you, me you, beating you, my you know, it's, like, it's like, hey, hey, what do you think about the NBA being rigged? I'm so sorry. I, like, I'm not, a, and like, it's just, you you literally, you you, you take this person to dominate conversation, and just like, you, you neutralize them. Yeah, that was the most gangster example of cognitive decision i've ever seen but yeah just uh in the future if you ever need to get the floor back just throw out some false allegations <laughs> yeah no, that, that's, not, that's the, not really what it is but yeah. get the job done <laughs> anyways that was current events and now we're going to be moving on to the heretics corner everyone is saying gabble this and gabble that but no one is saying worship this and jericho that was this about Gabo? So we're here in the Heretics Corner. Um, obviously, the podcast is called Basement Full of Heretics. Um, so it's just what we always want to do is uh, the heart of this podcast is we want to have uh, just honest conversations about faith um, and not really have any limits on the conversation. We want to just dive into different topics and come at it from different angles and just be open and free about it. Uh, so this week on the Heretics Corner, I think, Emil, you got something for us. Yeah, yeah. so um, I've actually been doing a lot of reading over the last, like, probably six, seven months on uh, stuff from C.S. Lewis. Clive? Clive's, that's what I was going to say, Charles. Clive Staples Lewis and so C.S. Lewis. And so I've just been, he's loving his stuff. So basically the way it started, weirdly I've actually never read Narnia, even though I've watched, I've watched this super old BBC thing on Narnia, like made in like the 1970s. Uh, And that's literally my only experience with Narnia and the Prince Caspian movie. movie, Prince Caspian. But like, so a number of year, a number of months ago, I, I listened to Surprised by Joy, which is his um, autobiography. And literally, I loved it so much. I think I listened to it within like a three-month period, seven times. <laughs> like, yeah. like, we like bring on the audiobooks. Like yeah. start to finish. Start, yeah. And like, I loved it. And like, the thing, the thing I love about C.S. Lewis, and it's so crazy because this is just side note. I, I listen to a lot of interviews people talk about C.S. Lewis. And they mentioned C.S. Lewis right away, and then from them, I just called call him a Lewis. And it just sounds so, like, everyone knows him. I'm like, yeah, you never met him. But like, <laughs> yeah, when you have a last name, it sounds like a first name. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like Lewis. I'm like, like, like you literally guys don't even know him. Like, yeah. But, like, uh, but one thing, one thing that I definitely found I love about his stuff is how, like, he, he, 
he takes really, really big concepts and he explains them in a way that the average person would understand them without dumbing down the, the, the bigness of that topic. Yeah. Like, like he explains something like super big, like, like a big moral concept in like using like allegories and like really, really simple examples that the average person can understand. And like mere Christianity is essentially just a collection of like some wartime talks he did for the BBC. Mm-hmm. And like literally like he, he, he writes like a normal conversation and like he, it's just a very logical way of thinking things. And I think that comes from like his own experience, the idea of like, like his background as, as like an academic who became an apologist for Christianity for the average person. It just, he straddled these two really weird worlds. But yeah, I've just been loving his stuff. I gave Moses a copy of uh, Surprised by Joy because that was really good. And uh, I, I read another collection of his essays, like How to Be a Christian, currently reading Mere Christianity. Um, and yeah, just love his stuff. Um, before, before, we, before, we go, what, what, before we go into what our favorite pieces are from Lewis, uh, what are your initial thoughts on Lewis? Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, I guess I got exposed to him secondhand from you. I was aware of C.S. Lewis. I know when I was uh, in junior high, I read the first Chronicles of Narnia book, which is actually a prequel to the to the movies, which had me very confused for a while. But um, so I, I was a little bit aware of him. But he's interesting because I think technically he's a lay theologian, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, I don't know if he's a he doesn't have a formal training in theology, does no. he? But he obviously he speaks a lot. English literature. Well, spoke he's dead down yeah. on the same day as jfk so yeah same hour yeah and that's why no one noticed for a while but uh, <laughs> anyway uh yeah so obviously you know so it's interesting because he he's a lay theologian so maybe he's not you know classically or like formally qualified but he's also incredibly well read and when you read his when you read his stuff he's also just like throwing in random references to the greek poetry and like french and like french plays and it's it's very oh it's like very clear like, oh this guy is way smarter than I am so it it gives it a certain um, weight, um, but I don't know I found I found him uh, kind of interesting I think if you read Surprised by Joy, his big thing is um, is uh, he's a reluctant Christian he's a reluctant convert, um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know I think it's kind of kind of interesting, um, I think it almost frames him as as, as a, he's the theologian for the reluctant convert um which is and, and i think it's when you read his his work you kind of see that because obviously it's biblical but it's not it's not he's not it's always not citing orthodox. the bible but yeah and I don't know, a lot of a lot of it is also just like logic like he mm-hmm. to just go and make arguments based off of the general like principles of christianity um not necessarily like quoting the Bible or things like that, but just saying, okay, so if we're supposed to love our neighbor, then this, this, that, 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 that. If this, then that, if this, then that. A lot of um connective statements. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know, it's interesting. I remember reading Surprised by Joy and it was an interesting book. I found his his uh his conversion, I don't know. I thought it was a little bit sudden. Um I didn't really understand um the logic behind it, but it's uh, once again, like those are things you can't really you can't really um, know, you know, from the outside. It's yeah, like myself, really thing. easily. Yeah. Anyway, so you're going to talk about... Yeah, so favorite, uh, my favorite piece is from Lewis. And, like, this this ties with the heretic. I mean, more of the more of the Lewis aficionado than I <laughs> yeah. And so, like, this ties with the heretic bit. And, like, how, like, literally it's so, it's so weird how some Christians love C.S. Lewis. Other Christians, like, dislike him. Because, mm-hmm. like, how, like, unorthodox he is and how he handles, like, issues of faith. He's, like, he's, like, the... 
1950s Rod Bell. I don't know how he, he or Rod Bell feels about that comparison. Uh, so, actually, my two favorite books is one I just currently finished, book, Till We Have Faces, and uh, The Great Divorce. And so, um, yeah, I forgot to read that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like honestly, the they're they're two both of them just stories. Mm-hmm. And like the the Tilia faces basically takes the Greek uh, myth of Cupid and, and Psyche, and like he tells the story from the perspective of um, Psyche's sister or or Orwell, and how basically he talks about a jealous love that wants wants the loved one for themselves, and a love that a love that is so possessive it basically becomes hate. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want you so much for myself that I basically hate and like I don't even want what's best for you. I just want to possess you, and like he 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 tells that story and it's like That's it's too a, real, man. Yeah, huh? it's too real. Yeah, and he tells and he tells like in a in a post in a in a pre Christian world and it's so interesting how like he ties in the ideas of like of, of like the good the good the good and perfect one dying for dying for the broken one. And like he ties in those like redemption themes and stuff. And it's so interesting how he does it through like a Greek myth. And he never actually talks about God. He talks about the gods, the gods, the gods. And like uh-huh. he, he talks about like how he uses a Cupid to almost display Jesus. And like he, he the way he, he ties that together, first of all, it shows his incredible understanding of like Greek mythology. And like I know some people would probably like have an issue with basically using Greek mythology to explain christian concepts and like attributing jesus to the same as cupid or like apollo and stuff but like i found that really interesting um my the second book i really like is the great divorce which talks about like hell and yeah, like that book's kind of trippy yeah. yeah it's 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 it literally the last scene's messed up like if, if anyone's interested like read the last like the last page it's literally like beyond messed but like he basically talks about the hell is he think he imagines hell is this he starts off with like a purgatory and like people get on this bus to this place and literally hell is when they decide that they don't want to go into the mountains and they don't want to go with God. And this... Well, well, I feel like kind of ruining the book at this point. Like, what if people want to read it? Yeah, but, but don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Literally, they, the whole... The, 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 the essence of the story is just a bunch of conversations with a bunch of ghosts. And like, I can't... I can't remember for you. Okay. But yeah, like, I don't know if you should ruin the end. The end but it's kind of... Uh, I didn't ruin, I, the, I didn't ruin the ending. But like... But literally, like, there was... There's one line in there that absolutely stuck with me. It's the idea that in the end, there are only two kinds of people. Those two say to God, your will be done. And those to whom God says to them, your will be done. The idea that like hell is, is more so at the end, just, just a choice to be separated from God. And like, it's so interesting because like he, he touches on like these ideas of like purgatory and like, um, the idea that like, um, like, yeah, he, he, he introduces the idea of like purgatory and like, um, a chance after death and all this stuff and like i know some people have got this i don't like the idea that he's a very like he's he presents this idea that anyone that everyone can be in heaven that kind of like everyone can be in heaven mm-hmm. and like that that definitely rubs some people the wrong way but i love his stuff and like it's definitely it, it, it that book made me really assess like my life and ask like what are my choices leading to and like daily how do i choose god or how do i choose a life from a life separate from god yeah yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, like I said, I, I I haven't had as much exposure to C.S. Lewis as Emil. I've seen maybe two Narnia movies, and I read the, I listened to The Great Divorce a while a few years back, um, long enough ago that it's hazy in my head, but I still remember it a bit. And I know you introduced me to Surprised by Joy and um, 
What's the one? How to be a Christian? Yeah. So it's yeah. just a collection of essays. Yeah, how to be a Christian. I think, yeah, I think it's just a collection of essays and um, excerpts from his book. I think that's the one which uh, I think had the biggest impact on me. Because it's pretty short, short, uh, short essays. So I just kind of took the approach of just reading one a day. You know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to pull any muscles, you know. I'm trying to <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I read too big, big Honestly, man, time, like, but, uh, I, I suggest anyone listens to it. The one essay that, I don't know for you what it was. Be the weight of glory. Like, if yeah, I, don't I highly suggest them. someone, like, if you're, if you're interested in introduced to just, you want to read some Lewis that's not just, like, the stories and, like, the children's stories or even, like, the myths and stuff, just read The Weight of Glory. It's, like, it's a sermon. It's, like, really short, but, man, it is crazy. Like, it is so good. Yeah. Yeah, I know when I was, I don't know, just generally when I was reading Lewis. Um, Lewis. <laughs> see? See, we're doing it. Because it's just easier that way. <laughs> that's, you're, the problem's with you, man. Um, but I know when I was reading, uh... Did we talk of Jeff Kennedy? When I, when I, yeah, I was watching Kennedy. Say, I was watching Kennedy. Obama. King. Yeah, people do say that. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. People say that all the time. Um, Not really. All the time, honestly. But I, I know when I was, uh... When, when I was reading C.S. Lewis, it's interesting because, um... Obviously, he's a very, like, smart, intellectual guy. And I think sometimes it's easy to be, like, wooed by intellect... And just assume that everything people say because they're smart is right. I know I've changed my opinion on a million topics just because the person who presented the idea was smart sounding. Um, so I, I know when I was reading him, I constantly had to remind myself to, okay, think about this like objectively. I don't know if I agree with everything he says. I think I agree with the vast majority of what he talks about. Um, but I think my big takeaway is it's interesting to see this person who um, clearly is like very well read and like very educated. And first of all, I just appreciate the fact that he writes fairly simply. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that. And, uh, and yeah, he, he has very interesting ideas. He almost takes, uh, faith issues and adds like a logical, a logical element to them. Um, you know, like works, he works out the, the reasoning of it mm-hmm. on a page, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. And so I think, I don't know if you're someone who wants to maybe put a little more uh, of an intellectual meat onto onto the bones of your faith. I think it might be a useful um, might be a useful uh, person to check out. Yeah, but um, that's uh, those are kind of my thoughts on uh, our thoughts on C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's this week for uh, the Heretics Corner. And actually, this week for Basement Full of Heretics. So uh, episode two, five months later. Hopefully, um, the next one will be coming up. Uh, quite a bit sooner um just look at your feed if it's there it's there just hit hit subscribe yeah hit subscribe hit subscribe and pray for us <laughs> yeah pray for us man maybe send, send a few dollars through the cash app you know get, get the venmo uh, <laughs> but uh yeah so it was super fun uh so signing out um i'm moses i'm moses i'm Emil. <laughs> and this is basement full of heretics out <laughs>